Hey, weirdos. I'm Elena. I am Ash. <laughs> I wanted to do the cool thing. <laughs> is morbid. Welcome back. Hey. It's the holiday weekend still. So and I hope you're not floating on Lake Lanier. I hope you're not. And we are, we decided to take, you know, Morbid into like a weird place this weekend because of the holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. We did indeed. Instead of taking a week off, which why would we ever do that? <laughs> we would <laughs> never do that. We decided to just make it really weird. And lakey. Weekend. And lakey, very watery. Yeah. Very liquidy. Very vacation spots. Very vacation-y, except mine, I don't know. I want to go there. I don't know if everybody else does, but I think at the end of it, you might. I'll find out. I don't know much about your thing. So I think what we're going to do today is I have a really cool swamp in Louisiana. Ooh. Because I love Louisiana, and (laughs) I love swamps in Louisiana, and I want to go to this one. (laughs) There's a a fact I did not know about you. I love swamps in Louisiana. Who doesn't love a Louisiana swamp? Um, I don't know. It seems awesome. Probably a lot of people. There's so many cool stories about these swamps. Uh, I'm going to be covering Manchac Swamp today, and after we talk about Manchac Swamp, you know, what it is, some spooky haunted tales that go along with it. Then we are going to talk, uh, I well, actually, a listener actually wrote in and had told us something to do, not with Manchac Swamp in particular, but with Louisiana, and one particular thing that I'm going to talk about, so I just wanted to, like, shout them out. I know, that's cool that that yeah. happened. And then we had, uh, since Ash covered Lake Lanier, yeah, uh, last you know, the last episode, we also had a listener tale come in about Lake Lanier. Which was perfect timing. So we figure, why not throw someone's personal experience with Lake Lanier after we've heard all about the catfishes that are Volkswagens. That are going to eat you. Ladies who are just going to, I don't know what they do. Wear a blue dress at you. Just wear a blue dress at you. (laughs) (laughs) And somebody who's going to float on a raft with a 45 foot stick and just dive into the water. If you just like, you'll find a van there. You'll find a van there. Two vans. You'll find a whole damn civilization at the bottom of Lake Lanier. That's what we figured out. And I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> and I hate it. I hate so it. So wait, is there a civilization under your swamp? There is not. Okay. No, my swamp is, is just a swamp. Just a swamp. But it's got a really cool story to go along with oh, it. Okay. And a lady who is like, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa? <laughs> is she just walked around saying, whoa, whoa? No, she walked around saying something much scarier than whoa, whoa. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, so, no, no. We're going to be talking about Frenier, which is 25 miles northwest of New Orleans, uh, Frenier is like a ghost town now. It's it's really doesn't exist. Yeah, but it used to be like a booming logging town along with uh, Ruddick, which is where Manchac Swamp is really like around. It's okay. surrounding. Basically, to get to these towns, you would have to use the swamp back then. Ew. Also, can we talk about the fact that it's Frenier and Linear? I like, know. Isn't that weird? Rhymes, sort of. Yeah, we didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Either. And so in the 1800s, early 1900s, you would literally like boat down this swamp to get to the next town. I love that. Yeah. So it's crazy. It's located in John the Baptist Parish, which I love that Louisiana, their parish names Mm -hmm. are are like so much. And I love it. Like John the Baptist Parish. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. It is. You're not wrong. It's just cool. I just, I'm like fascinated by Louisiana. Louisiana. I don't know why. (laughs) Louisiana as a whole is very fascinating the entire state like i love you guys i think it's the coolest it is i I don't i don't disagree with you not just nolens i think that and i know that's like really annoying to people who don't live in new orleans but or who do live in new orleans but i i think new orleans is great but i think louisiana has such like a 
like I know we were just saying this, but I think it's like has such like a southern gothic vibe to yes. it. Like anytime I'm on like TikTok or something and my TikTok knows me now. Isn't it the best when your TikTok gets yeah. to know you? It's really cool when you're your just TikTok like, bitch, just, you get me. Just gets you. So now I get all these like vibey aesthetic uh, <laughs> people who just do creepy things in like southern cemeteries. Like just walk through. I love that. Like just walk through wearing like some cool like witchy outfit. Like Misty and they have Day. Cool, like cool music playing. And it just is like hashtag Southern Gothic. And I'm always like, yes. yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what also that is. a really good podcast. It is a really good podcast. That's a phenomenal podcast, yeah, actually. I want that Go podcast. Go listen to that podcast. And I think he might have covered like Manch or uh, Manchac Swamp. Oh, shit. Yeah. Or something. I think he covered part of it at least. Cool. So. Go check it out. Uh, so yeah, we're talking about Frenier, which really doesn't exist, but it's still kind of there. It did at one so point. It did. It really did, and and it went out with a bang. <laughs> and it was Let a me time. It doesn't now. The reason it doesn't exist anymore, we are going to get to. And, okay. And wowzer, is it a story? So the swamp itself is really gross. It's like really cool, but it's like green like pea green swamp. but it's like this one's like super green Ew. and it's got uh tons of alligators in it so if you're not worried about the uh ghosts that i'm going to talk about you should be worried about the alligators definitely be worried about it's that it's definitely what you think of when you think of like a haunted bayou you know yeah i'm picturing it in my head right now and i feel yeah. like i'm do. i feel like my brain's doing a good job yeah it really it just gives you that whole vibe uh, and the one thing that everybody probably, especially people from Louisiana listening, are probably like, what about the curse of voodoo queen Julia Brown? Oh, no. Because I know you guys know it. I I'm love sure you a know good it. curse. We love a good curse. I love it so much. So she's sometimes referred to as Julia Black, um, but I'm pretty sure everything else I saw was Julia Brown is like her name. Okay. So we're, we're and it's called the curse of voodoo queen Julia Brown. So she lived in Frenier after moving there in the 1860s, after her husband passed away. She built a little cabin that still exists on the edge of the lake. When are we going? Or a swamp. I keep saying lake. It's a swamp. When are we going? I want to go to this cabin so bad. And she was also known as a healer and Ooh. a voodoo priestess. So she was just an all-around cool lady she was doing the damn thing she was just cool like that's awesome yeah that's really cool built a cabin on a swamp in louisiana was like like, cool i live here let me heal you and i think um it's known it's basically like a folk healer in louisiana tradition is known as a traitor i think it is it's like a french word so i'm so sorry if i butchered that guy louisiana people tell me yeah because i love your state (laughs) i want to get it right um people in the community would go to her to basically just cure what ailed them right back then it's not like doctors were like really doing anything except being like do some cocaine about it i was literally just gonna say like (laughs) handing you some cocaine for your problems (laughs) cure like the the cocaine of it all rub this on your gums you'll be fine i think she was the one that they would go to to be like hey like my head's been hurting and she would cure them like she was really good at it they needed her they really like she was kind of she it's hard to explain because it's like she was beloved in that way sure but it's also kind of like that she was ignored outside of that like they used they her used when, her when they, they needed, needed her and then they were like she's kind of weird outside of that which is like not cool well she's not weird she's helping you so no, like, she's fuck you awesome we would have been at her cabin every single day for dinner i would have brought been, dinner as well i would have been hanging with julia yeah i didn't day. expect her to cook for me she but sounds like, awesome and what she like and this is just bonkers. So what she would do at night, what she would, and she would do this during the day, but at night it was a lot creepier. Of course. She would sit on her, she had a rocking chair, of course, on hell, her little porch. Hell yeah. You can picture this cabin. Yes, I literally can. I know every single one of you are picturing a cabin by a swamp in Louisiana, and that's exactly what it looks picture like. Picture it, Louisiana, a long, 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 long time Just ago. picture it. She would sit in her rocking chair on her porch, on her handmade cabin on a swamp in louisiana and sometimes she would strum strum a little guitar okay and she would sing a lot and a lot of times she would sing like really eerie songs and many of them were like predictions oh yeah so people started calling her actually the big bad oh that's not very nice because her predictions and prophecies about people usually came true 
I mean, and she knows what's up. So basically, like, she was known as an oracle. So if you would float past her, go into, like, town or whatever you were doing, she would just start strumming and saying something about you, and you would get a prophecy. Oh, man. Or sometimes. So if you didn't, like, good for you. And you yeah. can just keep going. I was going to say, you probably didn't want one. And she definitely, like, specialized in, like, telling people, like, when they were going to die. No, thanks. And, you know, you're going to get really ill soon. And, like, oh. no, you know, I don't want to know that. Nope. But she predicted some bad stuff that happened in surrounding towns, too. And she was correct. So people were starting to get a little freaked out by her. And they were, like, they would literally row past her and just be like, please don't, please don't, please don't sing, please don't sing. Oh like, God. people just didn't want to know. But she was just letting them have. She's got to let it out. She's got to, I mean, yeah. She's got to let it out. Yeah. You can't just expect Julia to have all that inside. It must be exhausting. That's really tiring. So, you know, it's not her fault. Sometimes I just don't have the time or energy to cook, especially something healthy. You know, especially lately too, with like the summer coming, I just like, I just don't feel like cooking at all. When I get home from recording, after I've scooped the litter box, after I've like cleaned my apartment, no, no, no. And honestly, I don't feel great when I end up eating takeout for almost every meal. So all those reasons are why I decided to pick Daily Harvest and everything's changed since then. Daily Harvest delivers delicious food all built on organic fruits and vegetables right to your door. It takes literally minutes to prepare and I never have to think twice about if the food I'm eating is good for me. And Daily Harvest is ready when you are. Everything stays fresh in your freezer until you're ready to enjoy it. So you waste less food too and that's good for the earth. No need to overthink any of your meals for the week with Daily Harvest. You got smoothies for breakfast, you got crisp flatbreads for lunch or dinner, and food that's perfect for cooler weather, like their perfectly roasted harvest bowls and soups. Daily Harvest never uses preservatives, added sugar, or artificial anything, including their recently launched almond milk, which is made of only almonds and a dash of sea salt. That's literally it. This is super convenient because I am always stocked up whenever I need almond milk for my smoothies. Daily Harvest is also committed to minimizing the environmental impact that they have. They're in the process of transitioning to 100% compostable, recyclable, plant-based, and renewable fiber packaging. Daily Harvest is undeniably delicious, clean food without the prep. Get started today. Go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code MORBID to get $25 off your first box. That's promo code MORBID for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com dailyharvest.com then 1915 comes around one of the townspeople is just just tooting their boat down that swamp right past aunt Ju- they used to call her aunt julia love by it the way. aunt julia's cabin she's sitting on her porch and she's just calmly rocking in her rocking chair. And everybody said it was like this the squeak of the rocking chair. Oh, yeah. Chair I heard it before you, you said anything. Yeah, it was just that squeaky rocking chair. She's just sitting there watching everything go by. And they said that she had this like creepy smile on her face as she was doing it and she rocked back and forth and she started singing when I die, I'm going to take you all with me. Doesn't that give you... Auntie! And she's singing it with a smile on her face. When I die, I'm going to take you all with me. I don't want to And somebody was tooting past her house on a little boat in a swamp filled with alligators here and that. I'd be like, really? I'd be like, why? Is it like invite? Like, do I have to RSVP? Because I won't. Yeah. Apparently, and it's like confirmed. And she started, the the townsperson heard that and immediately was like, what the hell? And then people, that's it. Because this was 1915. Everybody started hearing her singing that. They'd go by and they would hear her sitting there going, when I die, I'm going to take the whole town with me. And everybody was like, what the hell is going on? And there are documents that confirm that there are witnesses that say they heard her singing this all the time. Was she mad at everyone? Oh, she was happy as a clam. And you'll find out why. But a a very longtime resident named Helen um, Slosserberg, she said, quote, Aunt Julia Brown always sat on her front porch and played her guitar and sang songs that she would make up. The words to one of the songs she sang said that one day she would die and everyone would die with her. Oh, man. So it's like confirmed. 
And this guy who had first initially heard it, he went back and he told everybody because he was like, her predictions are always true. Right. And you know, like, we're all gonna die with her. As you ride by her, she's she's giving you a prophecy more often than not. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But if she's singing that shit at you, you better you better heed that warning. You better move town, buddy. That's not just her singing like, oh, I have twinkle, twinkle, little star stuck in my head. She's like, no, like this. She's like, I'm about to kill you you all with me. Auntie Julia is telling you some business and you better make some arrangements because she's taking the whole town with her. It's uh, happening. You need to become a resident of a town elsewhere. You do. Um, So... So everyone was freaked out when he tells them this. They're like, what are we supposed to do? And they're like, okay. So they're like, let's, you know, let's go check on her. Let's like, we we should start, you know, paying a little more attention outside of needing her, basically. And so they're like riding by her cabin just to see if she's going to sing it again. And suddenly she's not on the porch. And they're like, huh. So a couple days go by and they're like, what's going on? Why isn't she on the porch anymore? So now, of course, everybody's like, did she die? Is she okay? Like, we should figure this out. So the next day, a few of them show up at her cabin and they find her dead. Oh, no. So they figured, first of all, she did a lot of shit for us and we kind of treated her like a pariah outside of meeting her. Uh, you know, when we weren't asking her to heal us, we were, we were kind of just being her. like, look at that crazy lady on the porch. And she was basically ostracized for having the gift of prophecy. Like she was, people were treating her like kind of shitty for just knowing shit that was going to happen and telling people. Right. But also they were probably thinking, we got to make shit right. And we have to make sure that her prophecy does get fulfilled without actually killing us all. Right. Like we need to figure out a way to make this make sense and like it'll be fulfilled make it make sense so they decided let's throw her a massive funeral every single person in the town can be there so that it's like when i go i'm gonna take you all with me so we're all there with her Mm -hmm. when she goes yeah you there's no loopholes with auntie julia yeah i don't i don't know if like you know uh prophesizing has loopholes but like they i will give it to them they gave it their best shot it's too late they're just doing that because they don't want to die they're not doing it for the right reasons of loving auntie jules no and you know what like let me just quick little side note if you have a like a voodoo priestess auntie julia in your town respect her respect her and cherish her cherish her hold her close because man oh man i wish i had one in my town and i don't so if you have one hold on to her yeah yeah just i'd like one send her awesome. here if you do yeah if you'd send like. auntie julia here i'm like she's cool she is also the garage door just opened and i just freaked out yeah every time it happens it terrifies me <laughs> it freaked me out um so the way they figure so again they're figuring it's a technicality of you know we're we're there when the coffin goes in the ground right and you know we're all with her (laughs) so they placed her in a coffin in a wooden box and placed that wooden box in the ground and they had everyone showed up everyone paid their respects why'd they put her in a wooden box that's how they used to do it anyways but um but immediately after she was buried on september 29th 1915 the new orleans hurricane of 1915 hit (sighs) No one, and I. when I say immediately after it happened, she went in the ground. And it started raining. Boom. No one knew it was coming because it's 1915, yeah. except obviously Julia, Julia Brown knew it was coming. There was no way to prepare for it. And they knew immediately this was what Julia was saying. Wow. And so she wasn't saying like, I'm doing anything. She was just like, Mother Earth is about to take no, you all. No, but she was fucking happy about it. Like, she was smiling. Like, I'm going to take you all with me. Yeah, because she was probably like, you've all used me yeah. all this time. Let's stick together exactly. now. Exactly. We're all going to stick together in death, motherfuckers. Now, this was a Category 4 hurricane. Ooh. And it came hurling into new orleans hurricanes are terrifying and then made its way into the surrounding towns of like ruddick and frenier and it flattened them i mean decimated these towns there was nothing left of them 145 mile per hour winds flooding all like all these swamplands and all the marshes all the lakes overflowed and flooded into the towns oh it's so scary at one point 25 people in frenier tried to take shelter in a railroad depot structure it collapsed under the chaos and killed all 25 people at (gasps) once oh no 275 people died wow and it took two full weeks for people from towns nearby to even attempt to come back into Frenier to look for survivors and like try to help at all 
When they came into town, they took the only way in, which was Manchac Swamp. Right. As they came down the swamp, they could hear a rocking chair creaking and soft singing. But other than that, it was dead silent. Oh my god, that's so spooky. Then they began seeing things, and what they were so they're they're coming in and they're seeing things like draped over trees and like bobbing in the water in front of them, and they're like, "What the? What is that shit?" Then they get closer to them, and they see that they are the bodies of townspeople who had been flung into trees and drowned in the storm. Oh, that is dark. Yeah. One of the literally handful of survivors said that he clung to an upturned cypress tree and just closed his eyes while he could hear screaming all around him while people were dying. Oh my goodness. And I'm when I say a handful of survivors, there's literally like count on one hand the amount of people survived. That's so terrible. Now, Frenier and Ruddock, again, were leveled, completely gone, and they were just left abandoned. Um, from the New Orleans Times-Picayune from October 2nd, 1915. That's the same uh, newspaper from the Axeman I New knew Orleans, it as soon as you said published. it. Yeah. Uh, it said, quote, about this... Now, this was in the newspaper. It said... The funeral was scheduled, and Aunt Julia had been placed in her casket, and the casket, in turn, had been placed in the customary wooden box and sealed. At four o'clock, however, the storm had become so violent that everyone left the house in a stampede, abandoning the corpse. The corpse was found Thursday, and so was the wooden box, but the casket never has been found. What? Yep. Yo, that is crazy. Yep. So... Auntie Julia is out there. Oh my goodness, where is she? Now, those who survived and the surrounding townsfolk, anybody who like was able to get out of this, which is not a lot of people, they had to come do something about the dead. Yeah. There's so many Can't dead people. Everybody. So they erected a mass grave and they erected it at the highest point in the swamp that for all these victims. Out. Because again, they're not going to be able to digging that many graves. No, wouldn't of be able course. To, and they're going to have to ID everybody. So it's a mass grave. That's so sad. There is a fence that says... 1915 on like a wooden thing and then it's just a like there's wooden grave markers in there but if you go today you can see it what? it's literally if you go down manchak swamp there's a gate that says 1915 and it's like the area where the mass grave oh, is wow and apparently julia brown's memorial or grave marker is about 100 yards away separate from everybody else hmm but I don't know if she's... Th- I don't think she's there. No, of I course think it's not. just her memorial marker. Um, but people will say now that if you go down Manchac Swamp, especially at night, you'll hear screams of, like, a woman and, like, people Aww. in there. Um, and you'll also see Auntie Julia standing in the foggy swamp wearing white and singing, When I die, I'm going to take the whole town with me. Oh, my and people who uh, see the cabin at night, because again, her cabin's still there, can see flickering candlelight sometimes, and they'll hear her still singing from Auntie inside. Julia never left. And if you go to that mass grave uh, in the, like, the cemetery at night, people say they hear chanting and singing, almost like a voodoo ceremony is going on like all around them. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and terrifying all at the same time. Yeah. Everything I do for my cats is rooted in love. Even when they're testing my patience, I always want what's best for them. For example, love is letting my cat sleep in my lap when I really need to get up. Love is accepting that my furniture will never be claw-proof. Love is opening the door to let them in and out a million times. Love is literally letting them sit there and watch me on the toilet every single time I have to go to the bathroom. Love is also keeping tabs on my cat's health because nothing is important, or excuse me, more important than their health and well-being. And that's why I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter is the best litter for your cat. It changes colors to help detect early signs of potential illnesses, including UTI infections or kidney issues. You know, I think it's super duper helpful because cats, like you know, just hide everything that's wrong with them. You might not know if you don't have Pretty Litter that something's going on with them, but if you do, you can see it and call your vet right away. The litter box cleanup is also so much easier with Pretty Little Litter too. Its ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly and last up to a month. All the cat litters that we used to use just like did not work at all. They all were like, oh, like it won't smell bad at all. And then you'd walk in and be like, and then I got pretty litter and I was like, I don't 
smell anything except my incense that's burning. Plus, pretty litter is safer for your cat and the entire household. Many controversial litters uh, contain irritants that can aggravate allergies and asthma, but Pretty Litter's super light crystal base minimizes mess and dust, and Pretty Litter arrives safely at my door in a small, lightweight bag. Shipping is free, and I never have to worry about bulky containers. I love the lightweight bag. It literally gets delivered directly to my apartment door, and I just bring it in and throw it in the closet, and it's just like... The, it's so easy. You don't have to lug it around while you're shopping. Nothing, nothing like that. And even if you did, it's like super, super lightweight anyways. Literally, I recommend Pretty Litter to everyone I know. My little sister just got a cat and I was like, if you don't get Pretty Litter, then you're dumb. Love is putting your cat's health first with Pretty Litter. Do what I did and make the switch today by visiting prettylitter.com and use promo code MORBID for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com, promo code MORBID for 20% off. Prettylitter.com, promo code MORBID. Uh, there is um, a tour that people I looked online and it's like got hugely amazing reviews for seeing this stuff and it's the Cajun Pride Swamp Tour. Oh, cool! Um, they actually purchase the land so they'll take you like right to it. Oh, that's cool! Um, and apparently, it's supposedly like an amazing tour yeah, that dude. I really want to take. Now. I can't wait to go. <laughs> I think when, are, when awesome. are we going to Louisiana? Right? I when? need to go. To I need to go to Louisiana. So. There's the Manchac Swamp. Now, there's also the Manchac Swamp Bridge that has seemingly absorbed the curse of Julia Brown. Oh. So September 14th, 1976, it collapsed with cars on the bridge. Oh, my a, God. That is my biggest fucking yes, fear. Because a tugboat slammed into it. Well, fuck that now, tugboat. According to a clipping in the Daily Review newspaper from September 20th, 1976, um, the bridge atten- attendant who was responsible for like opening the bridge and closing it to traffic... Uh, he had to l- delay the opening of it for an up- like an incoming tugboat because a train was coming. Okay. So he said, he and he testified that he warned the tugboat four times that the bridge was staying down, and he said he watched the tugboat slow down. It like came to a stationary position and seemed to be heeding his warnings. But the tug, and the tug was apparently stopped completely while the trains crossed over. But then it started to come forward before the bridge was open, like for so, no reason. Right. So it was beginning to open and the tugboat slammed into the support beams like hard. Yeah. And collapsed the bridge. Wow. And it had at least two cars and a truck that plunged into the water below. Oh, my goodness. The tugboat captain said he never heard the warnings, but that's strange because he stopped. Right. So like what's going on here? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I think might be julia brown just like just being just fucking around moving things around i don't know i mean i'm not here i'm not here to point fingers at julia but i'm yeah, just saying no, there's a curse there's a curse about so it could be happening right it could have oozed onto this bridge uh only two people survived the crash and the rest were never found what they remain in the water below Dude. Yeah. All these people that are just never found. I the, honestly people who are never found in water. No. I found another body of water that I'm definitely covering in an upcoming episode. I'm not gonna tell this is you gonna it. be like the new spooky roads. It's just it like really, haunted. I lakes. think it is haunted we, bodies of water. Honestly, we're gonna add it in because I found a it's few. It's fun. And I found one in Japan, and we haven't done a lot of Japan things, oh, so I yeah. feel like it would be cool for like our Japanese listeners. Absolutely. To get one. And woo boy, I'm gonna cover it soon because it's really cool maybe we should just do this like once a month we should a fun spooky we can water. make it like a summer thing yeah there you go scary water <laughs> how do you guys feel about Yay. that um so about this crash uh, a woman named roxana cologne gave an interview with Harold guide about it she was actually on the bridge when it happened and she was a kid Oh, dang. Or she was, like, coming onto the bridge. Okay. She saw the entire thing happen. That'll change Um, you. She said, quote, the ground started to shake, and I remember hearing loud screeching sounds. I looked out of the car window and realized the bridge had collapsed. My stepdad and I were the 14th vehicle in line to get on that bridge. Cologne saw an 18-wheeler jackknife and fly in the air. It was horrible, and I remember seeing pieces of concrete and bodies falling into the water. I screamed and my stepdad took my head and told me to get down on the floor of the passenger front seat. And she said she thinks it was his way of like protecting her from what was happening. Yeah, like don't, like, see don't any look of this. at this. So he like literally just shoved her down and was like, yeah. you don't need to watch this carnage in front no. of us. 
And she said, to this day, I can't get on a bridge. I remember seeing cars plummeting into the water. You could see them going in. Wow. So that is the Manchac Swamp Bridge. Now, there is this crazy, like, you know, of course, with all this kind of thing, with these spooky roads and these bridges and these swamps, there's always a ghost story. Oh, hell yeah. Like, for all of them. I was waiting for it. So there's one that says there were three teens on their way to New Orleans one night. Okay. And they were going over the Manchac Swamp Bridge. And originally, they had their windows down, but the driver was kind of, like, freaked out because of the swamp. And he was like, so he rolled them up. And his friends were like, no, let's roll them down like it's nice out. He was annoyed. But then suddenly they hear screaming and it's like a woman. Mm -hmm. So they slam on the brakes and they're creeping through slowly, just seeing if anyone's in trouble. They're like, who the hell was that? Because it sounds like she's in pain. Yeah. So they're like, what do we do? And they're like, they're not seeing anything. And they're too freaked out to like just stop and get out and look because it's yeah. nighttime. Yeah. So they're like, you know what? We're just going to put the windows back up. Like, I don't know what to do here. Then suddenly they hear a louder scream and then they hear a growling sound. But like a growling sound like it was from some great beast. Yeah. Like a Sasquatch or something. What? And they started speeding down the bridge to get out and had to slam the brakes on because up ahead of them, it looked like the bridge collapsed again. What? So as they're going in reverse, they're hearing like thudding sounds in their tar- their car tire had popped. <gasps> no. And then they try to change the tire and they hear a woman behind them softly start singing, one day I'm going to die and take the whole Shut town up. with Just me. No, like no. And they said it was like mayhem, like chaos around them. They're like, the bridge just collapsed. What is happening? And then it, all at once, like they all got in the car to just be like, what the fuck do we do? And they heard that. And they said they look up. The bridge was completely fine. What? And they and they had they ended up with a uh, flat tire that they had to change. Oh my god! But everything gosh. stopped. the The bridge wasn't collapsed. It that's just so crazy. That's like crazy hallucinations. Like, Literally, what the were fuck? they on like LSD? And of course, this is like a story, but it's like, yeah, but still. But that's scary as fuck. I mean, based on everything else that we've heard so far, I'm like, I'm buying it. Well, and I'm thinking that that great beast sound could have been something called the Rougarou. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Aren't, weren't you? No. The Rougarou. What the fuck is that? Or the Loop Guru, it's Loop also Guru? known as. Now, this is a cryptid of Louisiana lore. We love a cryptid. We love them. It dwells on the bayou and is said to be half man and half animal, which sounds awesome. It sounds like the devil. It sounds awesome. It has roots in France and was told to young children to keep them from running off alone into the woods. Don't do that, ever. A really great way to not have children run into the woods. Yeah, Um, that'll do it, I bet. Yeah, yeah, it'll definitely do it. It's like a Krampus. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like be good. Or exactly. Rougarou is going to get you. Now, when the French came to Louisiana, it became embedded in the Cajun legend and culture. And that's when it kind of changed a little bit. Okay. To like kind of fit the bayou more. Of course. Uh, the Rougarou has the body of a man and the head of a snarling red-eyed wolf, usually. Oh, dang. But it also can have the head of kind of like, well, some things say it can have the head of any bayou dweller it wants. Okay. So it can be like a hog Maybe head, it changes which its outfit. Which sounds horrifying. Yeah, a hog head is not for yeah. me. Um, as long as the animal lives in the bayou, I think it can like be part of that. Uh, it can be part of the whole Rougarou package that you get. Yeah, I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> it's like signing up for cable, and you're like, I'd really like Bravo, and also I would like all the news channels. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just like that. Thing. You're totally, absolutely. I just you, looked at her like she lost her actual up, mind. You sign up for a Rougarou, and you're like, I would really like the man part of it. I just keep thinking. But I Roku. think I also have to get the the you know the Bayou Hog or something. You know, you know, like the Roku TVs. That's all yeah, I can think that's of what when it you is. say Rougarou. Yeah, you pick. It's like you know the soup du jour, whatever it is. I think I'm just <laughs> what? Saying, I'm saying words. Why did, why um, did soup du jour come into this? I don't know the soup of the day the i don't know oh okay okay yeah, i know, see i see where just, you're going with that see i did i did not at first i was like now we're eating soup <laughs> like what the fuck no i think everyone agrees i'm not making sense but it's <laughs> it's been a long day um so yeah so if you're this guy is not awesome like oh, not yeah, awesome like, to come across like it's 
it's funny to talk about, but then you're like, no, I don't want to run into I'm all him. set with experiencing that. Thank you. Yeah. If you are, you know, approached by this creature, run. it's definitely going to attack you. Eat you. Like, that's for sure what yeah. it's all about. It's not there to talk to you. It's not there to talk. offer you the soup du jour. It doesn't want to know your Game of Thrones theory. Like, it just wants to, <laughs> like, it doesn't want right to talk now? to you about anything. You're funny. It just wants to hurt you. So if you're attacked by this creature, it will attack you. But then it will reveal itself to you for who it really is, because these creatures are real people who you what? know. What? what? Then it's going to reveal itself to you, but it's only going to do that if you try to defend yourself and you draw blood from it. Okay. So if you draw blood from it after it attacks you, it's going to reveal who it really is. And then what? And then they're going to tell you that you must not tell a single soul of your experience with it for one year and one day. Okay. Or in other sources, 101 days. Okay. If That's you break easy. that promise, though, you will be turned into a Rougarou yourself forever. Oh, bitch. Or the Rougarou will curse you to kill yourself. Oh. Yeah. That's very dark. you're listening to this podcast, then it's safe to say you love morbid stories as much as we do. I meant to say say, not stay. Unfortunately, hearing all of these horrifying tales can leave us anxious, tossing and turning, and wishing that we had a cozy cocoon to improve our sleep quality. The fact is, a poor night's sleep can weaken immunity, negatively affect our health, our mental health, and even hurt weight loss efforts. Even with these risks, only about 44% of Americans report a restful night's sleep almost every night. This is where Chili Sleep comes to the rescue. Chili Sleep makes customizable, climate-controlled sleep solutions that help you not only get a better night's sleep after an especially unsettling episode, but also improve your entire well-being. Chili Sleep makes the Chili Pad and the Ooler which are hydro-powered pads that fit over your mattress to control bed temperature and trigger deep sleep. And boy, do they. Think of it like a personalized air conditioning or like a heater for your bed. For an extra layer of comfort, they also make the Chili Blanket, the only weighted blanket that can also be paired with a Chili Control unit for the ultimate sweat-free sleep. I cannot express to you how much I love my Uller. Nothing in this world is better. Not one thing is better than the Uller. I can absolutely back this up. I've never been more in love with a product in my life. In my entire <laughs> existence, I've never loved something more. Now John will literally be like, can, can you turn can you turn the thing on? Oh yeah, turn and it, on. it also, if you have the app, like you can, if you're downstairs before you know you're going to be heading up to bed, you can set it all up for yourself, which we always do. And it reminds me of my bedtime, which is really helpful. Like it, it like it does. It, gives it just you, knew my bedtime. Yeah, I know that is weird how that happened. Actually, it just gives you like a random message that's like, "Hi, it's almost your bedtime." It can like tell what time you, you go to bed. Ruler, and I'm like, "Yeah, I do. Thank you." I do, guys. You're gonna love it. Head over to chillysleep.com/morbid for. Chili Sleep's best deal available to morbid listeners for a limited time. That's chili, C-H-I-L-I, sleep.com slash morbid for your special offer. There are also variations that connect this to like regular everyday people who have a legitimate condition that turns them into a meat craving rougarou at night. <laughs> yeah. And if they were to bite a human, like human flesh, they would become fully transformed. Maybe that's what happens to your youngest. She just becomes a rougarou at I night. I think she is a rougarou Did you at think night. that ever? I didn't, but you know what? You just really like that. Right. Nail on the head. That was one of those like glass shattering moments where you're like, oh my God, she yeah, is. She's a rougarou. My youngest child is a rougarou. How do you feel about that? I mean, I feel, oh, wait, I feel wait, like wait. I have answers now. We're not supposed to say anything about that. No, we're not. Well, we're not supposed to. We have an experience. We haven't had. She hasn't attacked. And she hasn't revealed herself And I haven't drawn blood. So we're, we're good. That. That'll never happen. So we're good. So is she just going to destroy us all then? Yeah, if you I, don't think draw she's blood? Just, I think she's just going to like make our lives <laughs> all up. Hard at night. Because it is. It's at night. Yeah. She turns into a Rougarou. At I night. can't wait to tell John that. <laughs> I don't think he'll buy it. I can't it. wait to tell him that our youngest is a Rougarou. A Rougarou. Who Do you knew? know that our, our youngest is a Bayou werewolf creature? A Bayou dwarf werewolf. And he'll be like, werewolf. yeah. Werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the, the moral of the story is don't let the Rougarou like, bite you or anything. Like, don't let anyone bite I you. I was literally just Unless say they're that. like a hot vampire. <laughs> yeah, only, only, only let Edward Cullen that's bite you. That's the only time that they can bite you. Do you know you. how bad I wanted Edward Cullen to turn me into a vampire when I was like 12? I love it so, so bad. So, I love so, it so bad. Much. Um, the, you know, the good news is 
Here's the good news, everybody. Is there good news? There's a way to keep the Rougarou away. What do you have to do, though? Because sometimes they'll just walk up to your house. You don't want that. So no. when they walk up to your house, Get a simply you safe. could leave 13 objects outside of your door, like stones or coins or something like that. However, we're Irish and you literally can't even have like 13 plates at a table. Well, here's the thing, though. They can't count past 12. So. And so, but, and which seems like something, I feel like if you couldn't ca- count past 12, like you can get around that by like not trying to count past 12, but they don't get that. They, they want to count past 12, but they can't. Uh-huh. And when they find out that they can't, they will like get real pissed. They have to have like some self-reflection time. They just want to count your shit. And when they can't count your shit that you left for them, they get really angry and they keep trying to. Until the sun comes up. And then they have to go. And then they're either going to be human again or they have to run away. All right. So they're just going to sit there and count your shit forever until they can't Now, what do I do if I live in an apartment and I can't even have like a welcome mat? (laughs) Then you're fucked. Or you could leave um, a colander, like a strainer on your doorstep or in your window. I'm going to do that. Because it will try to count the holes and can't because of all the dumb. (laughs) Hey, careful. (laughs) Careful over there. careful did i say an did i say an untruth did i say an i'm not commenting did i no comment today funny thing the rougarou is definitely one of those like parenting hacks to keep your kids from being bad or running off into the woods like tell them about the rougarou absolutely uh and funny thing too i read that people in louisiana and i hope that our louisiana listeners can tell me if this is true because if i love it if it is it's just a fun thing like if you've ever experienced a rougarou well that or that people will say you that they made the rougarou if they had a bad night's sleep or stayed up all night like it's a saying they made the rougarou i made the rougarou last night like i just couldn't sleep because I like they because they call us all kind of havoc at night yeah yeah and they sometimes refer to people who like party all night as like fair rougarou or fair loop guru because I love like, it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I love it. I'm sad that it's, that's not my way anymore. What a cute way of just being like, God, I got a shitty night's sleep last night. You're just like, oh, I made, made the, the Rougarou last night. I really couldn't sleep. Like, I'm gonna say that. I'm oh gonna adopt gosh. that yeah. because I love it. Please do. I'll honor it. Do. I really will. Do. Um, there's also a Rougarou Fest in October. Do you get to dress up as like whatever you want? Do you get to dress up as whatever you want? There's a costume contest. Oh, not only when that, are we going? This Rougarou Fest costume contest was ranked as one of the top 10 parties in the or costume parties in the United States by USA Today. I want to go, please. And you can dress up as all kinds of shit. They have categories like pets, most creative, funniest, scariest, movies, characters, kids' costumes, and, and best overall. Let's go and win. I want to do this so bad. I'm not even kidding what do you, you guys. Win? I don't know, but I think you just win the distinction, but I'm not really sure. Uh, that's fine. I'll take it. Either I way. I just love to win. I'll, and it's Rougarou Fest, so that's all Hell I Hell yeah, get Rougarou, There's bitch. a Rougarou queen. Uh, yeah. You can be the Rougarou queen. Okay, can you can That's can, kind of my like Can both of us get to be the Rougarou right? queen though? Can we tie? I feel like it's like my destiny. Can at we this be point. the Rougarou queens of of it? I mean, we can ask. I'd like we to. We can ask Louisiana. Is that okay? Ex- excuse me. It's in um it's where is it? Homa, Louisiana? Homa? Let's H- go. H O U M A. How do you say it, Louisiana? I'm scared to mess it up. H O U M A. Homa? Halma? Probably. That's what I would think. I don't know. Right? Is it Halma, guys? Look at how Worcester is spelled and then say Exactly. It. It's Halma, Louisiana. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a Rougarou Queen and... A Keen? A Keen. And all the proceeds from the Rougarou Fest go to the Wetlands Discovery Center. Oh, hell yeah. Which is apparently revolutionizing how people think, teach, and learn about Louisiana's disappearing coast. Hell yeah. So it's all for a good cause, oh, too. Oh, no, a disappearing coast. I don't like that. I know, that's not awesome. But we love a Rougarou. Fest. And oh, we love cool. a Rougarou Fest that's also contributing to educating people about wetlands. Yeah. I mean, I love it all. I'm here for it. You're doing it right, Louisiana. Sign me up. You're doing it right. I love that. And then I saw that in our inbox, we had a message that was entitled Louisiana Bitch with three <laughs> alligator emojis. Louisiana Bitch. <laughs> there it is. That's what that says. And I said, whoa and it's from gabby so hi gabby. hi gabby let me tell you 
you're awesome. And that just really, really sold it for me. And Gabby was actually first telling us all about Myrtle's plantation when we did that episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And she told us how that that in elementary school, they learn all about that. Yikes. They learn, um, because I think I told you guys during the Myrtle plantation episode, go back and listen if you want to, that uh, there's like the story of Chloe, you know, and how she's the one who haunts. And like, there was discrepancy about whether she lost her ear yeah, because yeah, she was yeah, yeah. listening into a conversation that yep. she wasn't supposed to and they cut off her ear. Hoi-ya. She said that in Louisiana, the only story we believe is that of Chloe's ears cut off for listening in when she wasn't supposed to. Oh my goodness. And then she ends up poisoning the cake and killing the family. Good. Bye. So they yeah, also go on actually. like a field trip there. It's just like, whoa. Well, yeah. I want to <laughs> yeah. go to school there. Um, and she also mentioned that there is something called a Rougarou. And she said that this is like a pretty big thing. Most people at least know the name Rougarou there. Um, and she gave me a little like background on it, which I think I just told you guys, but thank you for giving Oh, I love when people do that. Thank you. And she told me as children, we're taught that the Rougarou will get you if you're bad and don't listen to your elders. Oh, yes. Let's teach that to your kids. <laughs> and then she said, yes, this is kind of scarring as a kid, but Louisiana has a motto of how bad can we scare the kids without really fucking them up? There is also a Rougarou Fest that happens in my hometown every year. It's the biggest Halloween throwdown in the South. Oh, People come goodness. from other states and con- in countries specifically for our Rougarou Fest. Yes, like me and Elena, correct. Which sounds awesome. And then Gabby also gave me a few more stories that I'm going to look further into. I'm not going to say them yet because I want to look into them to like actually do an episode on them. Yes. Gabby. Thank You're you. The best. Thank you so much. Because she said, there are so many stories that I can't cover them all. Here's a, and she gave a link to the uh, Louisiana travel page. And she said, covering stories that are believed by us from Louisiana, not some bullshit outsiders make up because they make up some shit. Like I've literally been asked if I rode an alligator to school when on vacation out of the South. You bitches be crazy. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> intense. I was like, I love you, Gabby. I love you. So thank you for that, Gabby. Honey, it is 2021 and nobody has time for uncomfortable shoes, but that is where Rothy's come in. Rothy's surveyed thousands of customers and the number one word used to describe their shoes is comfy. And oh my gosh, they are. What makes Rothy's so good though? Their unique seamless design is insanely comfortable the moment you put them on. Their styles are sustainably made with materials like plastic water bottles, fully machine washable, and available in tons of shapes, styles, and colors so you can always find the right one for you. Let me tell you something. I got to go on and like pick out my own pair of Rothy's and I had such a hard time just picking one. I think I'm going to go back maybe like every few months or so and just order a new pair because I'd like them all in every single color. They're the only flats that I have ever had that I have not had to try to break in first. And when I put them on I just feel like my foot is on a cloud of comfort it's amazing and it's like you know how sometimes like those orthopedic shoes like those are so comfortable but like really really ugly these are so comfortable and so cute mine have little bows on them and I'm obsessed with them who better to tell you about how comfortable Rothy's are than real customers Lisa L says these shoes are like walking on clouds I literally told you that and Julie A says there's no break-in period no blisters just pure comfort and she's right No wonder Rothy's best-selling shoe, The Point in Black, has over 5,000 near-perfect reviews. Upgrade your closet with washable, sustainable, stylish shoes and bags from Rothy's. Head to rothys.com slash morbid to find your new favorites today. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash morbid. Uh, and also, Gabby told me if I needed help pronouncing words from Louisiana, I should have hit you up. Oh, girl, Um, why didn't you? you? So that is my Louisiana, like, craziness. I love that. And on top of this, we also, like I mentioned earlier, have a listener tale from someone who has an experience in Lake Lanier. It's Lanier, right? Lanier, yeah. Why can't... Every time I say it right, I think I'm saying it wrong. Because I always want to say Lanier. Yeah, we always want to say Lanier. But whenever we can have a listener tale that's directly connected to a recent episode, we got to do it. Hell yeah. Well, this is from... Let me wait and see if I'm allowed to say their name. I don't think you're you're allowed to. 
if I remember correctly. Yep. Please don't say it Look if you at just me. read this. Look at you, honey. Look at me. All right. Well, this person says, I'm a huge fan of the pod, hence why I'm taking the time to write this up. Thanks. I even got my boyfriend hooked. I love when you guys do that. I know. He never used to be interested in true crime, but one day I picked him up while listening to the Girl in the Box episode. Oh, man. What a way to start. I asked to finish the episode because how could anyone stop halfway through that crazy story and completely sucked him in. Now, every time we're together, he asked to listen to the Murder Girls. That's (laughs) y'all. I love that name. I'm honored. The Murder Girls. Listening to y'all in the car or after a stressful day feels like I'm just unwinding and hanging out with friends. Is that weird? I hope not. By the way, Ash, I love the tangents. Being ADHD as fuck, my thoughts are less like on or less like a train on tracks with a clear destination and more like a Roomba from hell that doesn't know where it's going that destroys everything <laughs> in its path you know in that moment we became kindred spirits so thank you you are a Roomba from hell that <laughs> I, I I wish that I knew that about myself earlier but I literally am your thoughts are yeah, they absolutely yeah. are I, no I am as well yeah, yeah, you are as a human being. You know, it's so funny. I always loved that Roomba commercial, too. Remember, I would always go, Roomba, Roomba. <laughs> like, when I was, like, a little baby child. <laughs> she would, when she was little, she would just come in and go, Roomba, Roomba. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. We could we could. There were times when I was things. like, please stop. Like, yeah, don't I, do the Roomba anymore. <laughs> you were kind of rude. No, I'm just kidding. I was not. You were, you were crushing my Roomba dreams. Anyways, anyway. John wants to get a Roomba and do DJ Roomba. Um, I have a Roomba and my cats ride it around. We need to do DJ <laughs> so Roomba. Do it. Anyway, enough rambling for now, and on with the story. And I love that the rambling applied not only to you but us as well. <laughs> this takes place at Lake Lanier, which is widely considered by the residents of North Georgia the most haunted lake in the country. And it is. As such, I think it deserves some backstory. So just bear with me for a little bit. Lake Lanier, like all, or so, fuck, Lake Lanier, like all Georgia lakes, was artificially manufactured in the 1950s. Someone thought of creating reservoir to supply water to uh, and power to Atlanta and the surrounding areas while simultaneously preventing flooding of the Chattahoochee River. Great idea, right? Well, maybe not so much. Flooding the area displaced hundreds of families who left their entire communities under billions of gallons of water. So crazy still. Even hearing it again, it's like, what? I know, it's so true. What? So that's how that was made? It's so crazy. In preparation for the lake, re- workers removed anything they considered dangerous, such as barns and wooden buildings that could float up. However, much of the original structure remains, making the bottom of Lake Lanier a sunken ghost town in more ways than one. And then this person gives us some information, but if you listen to the episode, then you already know that, but I appreciate you for putting that all in there. And then it says, now let's jump to the summer of 2019 when my then boyfriend, let's call him Jake, and I naively decided to take a trip to the aforementioned Lake of Death. Remember pre-COVID when you could actually go places and do things and see people? Uh. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) We spent the majority of our trip doing what typical 20-somethings do, see sex, drugs, and sun. Yeah, that's very true. However, we never got in a boat or even on the water while intoxicated. I'm a stickler for safety and have seen too many people die in preventable accidents to take stupid risks. Look at that. I'm so proud of you. It's you like you heated, were hearing us you before he- even hearing us. You heeded our warning before you even heard it. That's amazing. See, I knew you guys were all smart. I love you guys. I know. I know it. I didn't I need it. to say it to you guys. You know. But still, we love you. So we said it anyway. It's true. But on the last day of our vacation, Jake and I got into a huge argument. I don't even remember what we were fighting about. It was something small, but at the time we got heated enough to start screaming at each other on the beach and cause a scene. I'm not going to lie to you. I wish I was on that beach because I <laughs> that sounds great. I would have been sitting there. I would have been inching closer. ready. I'd be like, oh my God. Me pretending to read my Vogue, but like oh, definitely yeah, but listening to you. upside down. <laughs> Literally. Like, Can you guess why we're no longer together? No. Anyway, he eventually threw his hands up in French frustration and went to sit where we had set up for the day not wanting to be around him i decided to go for a swim and to calm my thoughts and my temper oh that's like the best way to do it no not in lake lanier. not in lake lanier but like Don't to go for it. a swim let me preface the rest of this story by letting you know that i am a very strong swimmer my mom jokes that i could swim before i could walk i feel that i swam for the varsity swim uh swim teams both of my high school in and college. In addition to this, I worked as a lifeguard for four years. I even saved a kid once. Yes, get it. Wow. Apparently, he wasn't actually drowning, but just faking it to try to get his parents' <laughs> attention, which is a case study in and of itself. PSA, don't ignore your kids when they're in 12 feet deep of water. Yeah, don't do that. No, but back to the story. I swam out a few yards just far enough so that my toes couldn't touch the bottom when I suddenly became overcome with an intense sense of dread. Let me tell you, I have anxiety, and this was not a typical panic attack. 
It was a feeling of terror that I have never felt before or since. There was no trigger, nothing outwardly dangerous. My blood turned to ice. My arms, though still treading water, no longer seemed to belong to me. Then, without my head ever falling below the water, I started coughing water out of my mouth and nose. <gasps> That's insane. This discharge wasn't some sort of seri- of uh is it cirrhosis fluid? Is that how you say that? Cirrhosis fluid. Yeah, thank you. That could have originated inside <laughs> of me. It was gray, silty lake water that tasted of dirt and decay. This next part I still can't explain or fully wrap my head head around, but I felt a hand grab me by the ankle and pull me down into the People water. Say what that. did I tell you? I started fighting like a wild animal, kicking, punching, and thrashing around. My blind punches made contact with someone, not something. <gasps> I felt hair, flesh, oh! and bone. St- uh, struggling to hair. I know hair. hair, hair, flesh, and bone. Oh my no. god, fuck that! No, oh wow, no. no. Struggling to open my eyes underwater, I looked to see who had a hold of me and saw her. She had a sunken face and her mouth open as if to scream. Searing pain shot down my calf as she dug her nails in to get a better hold on me. That's the last thing I remember before blacking out. The next thing I remember is waking up on the beach. The sun glared brightly at me as I coughed in pain from water inhalation. Apparently, Jake had dragged me out of the water and onto dry land after seeing me go under and fail to resurface. He frantically doted on my leg, which had long gashes from mid-calf to the base of my (gasps) heel. Wrapping a towel around my shredded lower limb, he scooped me up and and carted me off to the nearest emergency room. Thankfully, I didn't need any stitches. Turns out blood mixing with lake water makes it look like you're bleeding way more than you actually are. I've actually experienced that. (laughs) It's really weird. Eventually, Jake and I both calmed down following the initial panic of what the fuck just happened. He told me upon seeing my leg, he assumed that I had gotten caught by some sort of debris and swept up in an undercurrent. After telling him my experience, he changed his opinion. Not to anything supernatural, but he assured that I was, excuse me, he assumed that I was stressed from our argument, had a panic attack while swimming and fell unconscious. But what about the face I saw and the scratches down my leg? According to him and most other people who hear this story, my mind was playing tricks on me some sort of debris trapped my leg when i went to look at it my brain pieced together what it could through the water and formed a face no, no way you you no. experienced this and I, I fully believe that you saw what you saw and even if it was debris what the fuck lake lanier yeah exactly. why do you have so much shit in your water why do you have actual trees and Volkswagens and vans and people and houses and buildings and racetrack seats under the water. Why? People are going to bump into things. Because what well, was never meant for recreational purposes. I don't care. It's there. People are going to jump I in know. It. That's very true. And they should, know, they should know the human race for what we are. Come on. You say this is not for recreational purposes. People are going to throw on their swimsuit and, and go recreation take a holiday. It up. Like that's going to happen. You're people right. are going to dive right in. It's true. You had to know. So this says, in all fairness, it's entirely possible that this is what happened. Nope. No. The rational side of me wants to accept a logical explanation, but still, there are things I can't explain away. I know what I saw. That face will haunt me until I die. I felt it, whatever it was, made of skin and bone and hair. And And if it was just a panic attack, then why did I start coughing up water before my head was ever submerged? Yeah, that's the crazy part. I'll let you form your own opinion. Was it a panic attack induced by a fight? Was it the Lady of the Lake? Or does something else lurk beneath the surface of Lake Lanier? I think something else. Because the Lady of the Lake seems chill as fuck. Yeah, I think it's another hellish beast underneath there. Sorry for the length. Never be. I tend to get sidetracked and rambly when telling stories. If you decide to tell this for a Listener Tales episode, please feel free to shorten it as much as you need. Thanks. And one last thing. If you enjoyed hearing about my experience at all, then I have a favor to ask. Please look up the case of Terrell Peterson. It will break your heart but it's so important his name deserves to be remembered if you decide to talk about Terrell on the podcast that would be fantastic if not at least someone else knows his name he lived a short horrible life but his memory is so is still so important I have a personal connection to the Terrell's case so if you have any questions please feel free to email me back okay that's it for this super long message if you made it this far then thank you sincerely yours anonymous <laughs> i am definitely gonna look into now, yeah, the case of terrell peterson i'm literally copy and pasting it into google at this moment hmm. but yeah that is truly a horrific tale that sounds terrible oh no is it a really bad case? yeah it's about a child oh no and a very beautiful child oh, oh that really hurt my soul oh no well well, <laughs> well on that on that note 
Uh, thank you guys for sending in your tales and your personal experiences with these things because they add a little little yeah. spice. And if you have any suggestions for a lake near you that you'd like covered, please write in. <laughs> Do you have a lake, lagoon, ocean, sea, large puddle that Creek? you would like us to <laughs> large, cover? A large puddle. <laughs> <laughs> send it in seriously use the um just so we can like collect them yeah. all easily right like spooky water spooky water and then and then whatever like else a you listener tale or a spooky road kind of thing spooky water yeah and then we'll we'll do some of those because i found a ton so i'm oh, hoping yeah. that people will have some really cool ones because water is terrifying i love water it's so I feel like scary. it's gonna fuck me up this summer because I'm a literal fish, as you know. Yeah, you really are. The other day we were swimming and Elena had to drag me out of a pool so, so that we could go to a meeting, and I was like, "Okay, but why can't we just take it in the pool? <laughs> why? Why?" <laughs> and I was like, "No." And she was like, "No, we also need to like drive home, and there's many steps involved, <laughs> so no, we cannot do that." <laughs> I was like, fine, mom. We don't have an internet connection at this pool. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, guys, we love you so much. And Elena, bomb episode. Thanks so much. I like We love a, a swamp. We do. Swampy. We just love it. And we hope you keep listening. And we hope you keep it weird. weird. But not so weird that you die and take everybody with you. Thank you and good night. Mm-hmm.